Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode or another edition of Up in Flames here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. As always, I'm your host, Mo Murphy, and we got a loaded show for you today. Gonna go over pretty much everything that's happened through week one at the NBA, but I couldn't do it without my guy, Chris Bolton. So I got my guy, Chris, none other than Chris. Y'all have heard him on here before. He's been on with me on Dash Radio before, so he's not new to the show. We've done plenty of great content. We're going to do it again. And we'll be back right after this. Warning. You are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames. We up in flames. Yeah, we up in flames, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Yeah, uh, we up in flames. Hold on, uh, check this go. We up in flames, yeah. Uh, we up in, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Woo. We up in, yeah, we up in flames. We up in flames. Welcome, 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 welcome back to another edition of Up in Flames here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. As always, like I said, I am your host, Mo. And of course, I got my guy, Chris Bolton, in, you know, with me. Hey. It's been a while. We, you know, we we put on okay, legendary. Mo. I see you. It's been a minute, man. We, we changing up. We got the, the new intro. Come on. Now. I see you. You coming with it. <laughs> yeah, I done bossed, bossed my life <laughs> up a little bit since the last time we talked. But how you doing, bro? How's everything been? Man, everything's been great, bro. Everything's been great. Just out here grinding, you know what I'm saying? You know how it is. But, hey, life is good. Life is real good now since NBA is back. Yeah, oh, most definitely. And, I mean, you being a Warriors fan, being Steph Curry, we, we you know what? We're going to get right into it. We're we going to get right into it. We'll, we'll get to your guy in a second. But let's talk about one of the disappointing teams so far, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. we know they have the additions of Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Camp Bazemore, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, mm-hmm. Trevor Ariza. We could go down the list. It's a whole new roster outside of LeBron and AD and what Horton Tucker. Everybody's new or was previously there, left for a season. Rondo and Dwight Howard and come Rondo back. Dwight Howard, yeah, yep, to ultimately try and win a championship. So, what has been your thought on the Los Angeles Lakers and their slow start? Because it looks bad. Like they look even worse offensively than they looked last year. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't look as great defensively, and that's kind of – they're supposed to be able to – they built their team to play bully ball and be elite defensively to kind of make up for the offense that they, they're going to lack a little bit anyway. I don't think they're going to have that high-powered offense, but what is everything you've noticed with the Los Angeles Lakers so far? They look like the team I honestly expected. Um, everybody was picking the Lakers to come out the West uh, at the beginning of the season, um, and I just didn't see with this team. I always – I was wondering, like, how is LeBron and Westbrook going to play together, and especially right. in crunch time? I mean, we know if we want somebody to have the basketball in crunch time, it's definitely LeBron James over Russell Westbrook. So uh, how does Russell fit in this equation? And so, yeah, the personnel really does not mesh right now. Of course, they're missing some guys, uh, Wayne Ellington, um, yep. You know, some some shooters, some key players that are going to space the floor and kind of make this work. They're mis- they have a few injuries, but Frank Vogel, even some of the lineups he's throwing out there just makes no sense. Why why are we having Westbrook out there with Rondo at the same time? Like, come on now, dude. dude mm-hmm. You must don't want a three pointer shot. Like, you're not trying to make any threes, are you? If you put I those know. two out there on the court together, <laughs> so uh, it's just been a combination. I think of getting adjusted, the guys getting used to each other, and also, you know, the, the coaches trying to figure things out, too. This it's, It will improve. It's not the best personnel, I think. I don't think this team might be able to come out the West just off of LeBron and AD's talent, but they really have to maximize these, these lineups and get the best out of them because the lineups they're throwing on the court right now, it ain't working. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they, it's, the coaching really has to step up, and we can really make a true – determination on this team later, you know, in, in a few months as players are healthy and they get the lineups and rotations set. 
But yeah. this is how I just what I expected. I expected them to struggle at the gate because I mean it's just too many new pieces. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, we've seen this time in and time out. Uh the Los Angeles Lakers as a franchise the past what 10 to 12 years typically start out slow. Any LeBron James team with new personnel tends to start out slow. Everybody criticizes them. They're not as good as we thought. Uh, this and that. And I know LeBron's only getting older. So we're going to hit a point where like LeBron just can't be the LeBron that we've known for the past 18 years. And that's perfectly okay. Like if he takes a step back in year 19 and still is given, you know, 23, 24 points a game, six, seven, eight assists a game, six or seven rebounds a game, like mm-hmm. still great numbers for almost anybody else. You'll People will knock LeBron James. LeBron James haters will be like, oh, he, he done lost it. He lost a step. Bro, he is in year 19. Like, well, yeah, I mean, he almost is right yeah, 20 okay. decades, I mean, 20 years into this. <laughs> you feel me? So it's okay if he take a step back. Like, that's not a knock on LeBron or, or a testament on he's a bad player. You know, Kobe, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. But Kobe in year 19 wasn't even effective because of all the injuries he had. He wasn't even effective in year 19, in, year, in his last year, year 20. Neither Tim mm-hmm. Duncan really wasn't. Dirk Nowitzki really wasn't. Like, you know, Kevin. All those guys, they were role players, basically, except for Kobe. But the, a lot of the stars we grew up loving basically became role players by yeah, year 19, year 20. Exactly. So it's one of those. But but only LeBron gets killed for not being able to carry his team to a championship at year 19. But let me ask you something, because you brought up a key point with the Lakers slow start. And you said the rotations look bad. I mean, and it's it's we're basketball heads. We're hoop heads. But like. When people, when everybody notices that the lineup that you have is bad, like it can't be one of those, like we don't, we, I can't necessarily coach better than Frank Vogel. And I, I wouldn't say neither one of us could, but when we see something and then we go and we go on Twitter and Facebook, or whatever, and the whole world sees the exact same thing. Like it's more like Frank Vogel tripping, not us. Do you think he's on the hot seat? I'm not saying he, he's, he has a possibility of getting fired, but this is mm-hmm. what we see with, with, team with coaches who haven't had the most success prior to linking up with LeBron James. Not everybody is Eric Spolstrom. Not everybody is actually a great coach. So they have some success early with LeBron. They win a championship. You can't justify that Frank Vogel is not a great uh, coach after coming off of a championship. But last year, like when injuries happened and adjustments needed to be made, like there was no real adjustment that told us anything that they could hold it down while LeBron was out or hold it down. Even with LeBron while Anthony Davis was out. So starting off slow, if he doesn't get it figured out by, I give him after Christmas, probably pre-All-Star break. Like, do you think they possibly go into the conversation going into All-Star break, whether they return back from their trip, you know, to the All-Star game with Frank Vogel as as the head coach? No, he definitely could be on the hot seat. Um, You know, shoot, David Blatt in, in Cleveland, he he ain't have a bad record when he when they got him up out of there. So uh, made it to the finals. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man, he he definitely could be on the hot seat. Um, I would say also too, it kind of reminds me a little bit, a little bit going to a different sport. But you remember this early two thousands in college football uh, with Coach Coker at Miami with yep. everything. He had all the recruits. Butch mm-hmm. Davis set it all up for him. The everything was perfect, and he came in that first season. And they whooped ass. They won. They got the championship. Mm-hmm. And then as things start to unravel and things aren't ideal, that's when Coach Coker got exposed. So maybe this could be a, a similar situation with Frank Vogel. Everything was was right, was perfect that first season. You get that championship, and now you know things aren't ideal we're really gonna see just how good of a coach you are can you make some adjustments and pull this all together we're gonna see but i I think you definitely can't see a situation with him on on the hot seat yeah and if you think about it like just a year and a half ago when they won the championship obviously we know COVID had ruined the whole nba season made it all weird but like two seasons ago essentially lebron and ad were expected to dominate the league and that's pretty much what they did in two years I'm not saying the rest of the league has necessarily caught up to them, but they have essentially. There's more than just the Lakers roster that are potential to win a championship. There's about five teams in the Western Conference that you literally could see win a championship or at least make it to the finals. And there's about three to four teams and then the rest of the Eastern Conference battling it out to be the team to knock one of these guys to win a title. So we're not talking about, I mean, when the Lakers linked up, 
we were talking about what? The, the whole expectation was Lakers versus Clippers in the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals. Book it. Call it a day. Uh, and, and the winner of that wins the championship. Like, that was pretty much the, the safe bet for everybody. And that's what everybody, that's how everybody thought the season started. Like, people thought the finals was going to be bad, and the Western Conference Finals was essentially going to be us basketball fans' finals. Like, you watch right, that right. go from the seven down to the wire. So that's how, like, far apart the NBA was from the Lakers at that time. Now, like, yeah, they have a loaded roster. You still trust LeBron James. You still believe AD is, is, is a superstar, but like, you got the Golden State Warriors who look really good and aren't fully healthy. You, and you can see them fully healthy get there and we'll get into them in a second, but it's not unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And the, the crazy thing, we'll talk about that in a second, but you got, you got the Clippers. If, if they hold it down long enough, when Kawhi comes back from injury, like they still have a, they still have a chance. Denver is still a team who you, you know, you know, could compete and get to the finals. And when Jamal Murray comes back, like injuries will hinder certain teams. The Phoenix Suns are still going to be somebody to reckon with. Like they essentially mm-hmm. have the same roster added JaVale McGee and a couple other pieces, but the Utah Jazz, the number one seed from the Western Conference, and then they add Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside to their already good bench where they had two guys who were in the running for six man of the year. You add two more right. veteran guys. You keep the size with Hassan Whiteside when Rudy Gobert goes out. Essentially, Whiteside is a lesser version of Rudy Gobert, probably a little less athletic because he's a bigger body, but blocking shots and getting boards is what they do really well. Whiteside could have a game where he has 20 and 15. He might have a game where he only scores eight points but give you 13, 14 rebounds off the bench. Rudy mm-hmm. Gay, he's a veteran guy, been around the league, uh, was that guy on his team previously, played with Pop. Like, there's so many, but Rudy Gay is a scorer. He can shoot. Give you a little 10 to 12 and we points. We ain't got into the Eastern Conference yet. Exactly. That's where, that's where the, real hitters, the real hitters are at in the East. That's where it is deep in the East. But that's what I say. Like, two years ago, there was no chance that, you know, you 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 would have bet the house that the Lakers win the championship unless you were betting on the Clippers. Like that was it. Now, like, there's not a safe bet on either side of the conference. Like, you're taking a risk. I don't care who Vegas says the favorite is. You don't feel safe taking anybody. So we're gonna talk about one of these teams. We're gonna talk about this player, but we definitely gonna talk about the team as a whole. That's the Golden State Warriors of Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry started picking up where he left off last season, where mm-hmm. Carried the team by himself. We mm-hmm. thought, you know, he, he should have been an MVP conversation. <laughs> Obviously, we know MVP is kind of narrative driven. The team wasn't good enough. You know, a playing team was not going to get ha- have the MVP, no matter how mm-hmm. much us us hoop guys know that Steph Curry should have been. But he comes out, triple-double, gets the dub, you know, gets the W against the Lakers. Then he comes out. 45. 45. 25 in the first quarter, perfect from the field. Didn't miss a three, didn't miss a two-pointer. He was perfect from the field. Slowed down a little bit in the second, third quarter, came right back on fire when they needed him in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it's too early to say that. We can't even really have an MVP conversation, but we're talking about a perennial possible MVP every year. Do you think Curry has a real shot and the, the narrative will be in his favor to, mm-hmm. to be the MVP this year? Like you said, yes, Definitely. Uh, the, the the circumstances have changed. This team is definitely much more competitive than last year's team. Last year's team was a cute story. They played hard. A bunch of young guys broke out and showed that, you know, they, they might possibly be something. Jordan Poole, breakout season for him last year. Now, this team looks like a team that has the pieces to possibly come out the West. We just talked about how, how up, you know, uh, wide open it is this season in the West. With the Lakers, they have their struggles. Nuggets aren't fully healthy. Clippers aren't fully healthy, you know, with Kawhi Leonard injury. Um, The Jazz, they still have yet to prove, are they for real? They get to the playoffs, and they lose the same way they always do every year in the playoffs. So if the Warriors can hold it down and and be a a winning team until Klay Thompson returns, and now you add him to the fold – this is a team that's set up to be maybe a top four team in the West. And if they finish top four in the West and Steph is right there, top three in the NBA in scoring, you know, averaging maybe 30, 29, 30, 31. Shoot. I mean, I don't see why not. I don't see why he couldn't be the MVP. So yeah, he has good chances this year. And to stay on the Warriors just overall, I, we could go and check my receipts. We could go back on previous shows, conversations I've had with, when they got their, their draft picks, they decided to keep them. I'm like, you know, everybody talking about the Lakers and 
This is pre-Westbrook. This is pre-like big-time moves. But everybody talking about the Lakers and the Clippers and, and the Jazz and the Nuggets. And, the, yeah, the Warriors will be a playoff team. And I'm like, am I tripping for thinking, like, bro, they are just as good. Like, when Clay comes back, they're going to be just as good as any of these Western Conference teams. And people are like, well, we they're don't know. Deep now. They're but deep. They have the bench. Exactly. And people are like, we don't know what Clay we're going to get. I don't even think you need 100% of what Clay was prior to injury. I think if he could come back 100, because you know, after major injuries, even though you're 100% healthy, that doesn't mean your new 100% could be 90% of what you were. But right, you're still, right. you shouldn't get re injured, but it still might be like, there's something I can't do. But Clay Thompson is not a guy who bases his game off of athleticism. I think that's where he has the advantage of actually coming back like normal. Yeah, he's a defensive, he, you know, he's a defensive pest. He's a great three point shooter, but he doesn't, it's not his athleticism. He's six foot seven. He's long and he has heart. Like that's where defense really comes from. Like the great defenders are just dogs and have heart mentally. That's why they're they're pretty much tough. Like they they got a toughness about them. When you look at the best defenders in the league or in, in history, they all just have some type of toughness about them. Clay has that same thing. Like don't let the light skin thing fool you. Like Clay is that tough guy that, that really gets down. So I was I was I was just so confused at how people are looking at the Warriors and like counting them off. Oh no, I got them as the sixth or seventh best team in the West. And like I know the West is still really good, but they are just as good as anybody and they're Yeah, they definitely are. And they they set up too with like you mentioned with the draft picks, like with um Mm -hmm. with with Moody, with with Kaminga when he becomes healthy. We haven't even seen him. He's been rehabbing. Why is he he's been injured and, and rehabbing? When those guys come in, they have the talent. Along with some vets, you got your Otto Porter Juniors. You you also have a, a Jordan Poole who's broken out. Like this team, they can throw so many different lineup combinations at you, and, and these young yeah. guys are only going to continue to get better and better as the season progresses. This is a really dangerous team. I think it's. I, I think all fandom aside, based off what I've seen, I think they will come out the West. Just because of the the depth, the youth, the talent, and it's the perfect storm when you look at the Nuggets suffering with Jamal Murray being injured, the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard is away. I'm not. I haven't bought into the Lakers. So keep going down the list. I'm not a fan of the Jazz. The Jazz is that they're going to make the finals. I will never pick the Jazz to make the finals. They just have to make the finals and prove me wrong. So I, I'm looking at the Warriors like this team. I think they have what it takes, and they have an established system. These yeah. young guys with their talent are also coming into a system where they don't have to just be that young, wild, talented player trying to get buckets. They can find their role and, and they make things easier for them to to make that uh, to, to trans, uh, transition into a, a NBA team. So I think it's a perfect storm going on in Golden State. Yeah, and like you said, I mean they've been there before. Like at the end of the day, the guys, the leaders at the helm. Uh, you know, Bob Myers, a GM, obviously, you know, Kerr as the head coach and then Steph, Clay and Draymond, like they've been there before. They've won multiple championships. They've made multiple finals appearances. They've lost in the finals that, you know, they've done it all. They went 73 and nine. Granted, they didn't bring home a championship, but, you know, so they know what it takes and they have that leadership. Like Steph knows how to get moved. Look at Jordan Poole. Like you can't tell me that Jordan Poole's emergence isn't. It's, it's solely on him. Like, it has something to do with he's learning from the best. He's playing with the best. He's playing in a system that's held to a standard. And if he doesn't maintain that standard, he'll be gone. Like, that's kind of the pressure. And it's not necessarily real pressure. It's positive pressure. But that's the type of situation a guy like Jordan Poole was in. Damian Lee, look how good he's become. Like, look how important he's become. Hitting big shots, playing in key moments. Like, and he was a guy who, like, they Wiggins have a- too. Wiggins, he he came into the fold last year, and he's man, he, he looks better than D'Lo. The Warriors really won out on that trade. Like Wiggins has been great, and you got a draft pick too out of it. So he's been awesome. And and it's Wiggins plays defense, and he can score. He could give you twenty a game. That's what he gave you last year. He was a twenty point a game guy, and he played defense like ball hawk defense. But like I said, it was when Wiggins got there. Like okay, if you don't get with it, your contract will just get dumped. And you'll have, mm-hmm. you know, we'll buy you out. Like, they don't necessarily say that, but you know how it goes. Like, if you don't get there, you don't fit. You don't find your niche in this system. We'll buy you out. You'll be gone. 
Like, and you go play for somebody else. I'm sure there'll be plenty of teams that would want to Andrew Wiggins. But now, like, mm-hmm. his value is really high because of the fact of his reemergence over there in Golden State. So, I mean, they have obviously such a good culture, such a good system. But with Curry leading the helm and really still continuing to show us that he has that MVP play in him, one of the best play, top five players, top three players in the league. He's still, he's um, still got the juice. Yeah, he still has it. And it's like, when does he slow down? Because, like, even when he becomes less effective with – because he doesn't depend on ball handling. He's not the quickest. He's not the fastest. He just knows how to get to his spots, and he has really good ball handling skills. So it's like – but he just knows how to get to his spots. So Yeah, that's a great point because, I mean, look how his, his game has never been predicated on speed and athleticism. He's a sniper. He knows how to get to his spots. He's skilled. So he can probably stay at a high elite level. I don't know, maybe another three, four years, like a really high elite level. And he'll still be an impact guy on the court, even when his best years are behind him, just off his ability to shoot. Yeah. And and I think he would. I think that's when a guy like Moody, you know, progressing him comes in because, you know, in two, three years from now, when Steph might not, you know, he's still a shooter. Boom, you got Moody ball handling, bringing up ball. Now Steph becomes a catch-and-shoot guy. Fine, his niche still can have that excitement in him. But that's Kamina, why. He makes the leap and continues to get smarter. And we know the athletic gifts he has. He's going to be It's going to be crazy if he figures it all out. And that's why I said the Warriors, you know, the past two years, we thought they were going to trade their draft picks when they had the number two pick. We didn't think they were going to draft Wiseman or LaMelo. Like, we ultimately on draft day thought it was going to be traded, especially once Clay got hurt. We thought like, okay, they're gonna bring in Bradley Bill. We've been hearing that the past mm-hmm. two years. Bill mm-hmm. has been the main guy kind of attached to them. And, but then like they look and they're like, okay, we have a win now. We, we want to win now without giving up our future. And they figured out how to do that. Like we don't know if the draft picks have hit yet necessarily. We can't say James Wiseman is the future. We can't say Kaminga or Moody. But when you look at how built, like they still have a couple good years where there is no pressure on Moody to really be that guy right now. There is no, but when it becomes their time in a couple of years, like they're ready. So it's like their, their formula of winning has, has outside of injury, like it's, it, it looks like it's on the right track, but because of injuries yeah. like here and this year, like it, you know, it hurts a little bit with Clay not playing right now, haven't been hurt the past two seasons, but the way they're trying to build, there is a way to build to win now and for the future. Only one team can win a championship. So to say that you're in win now mode, like, yeah, they're still trying to win the championship, but. Falling short of a championship doesn't mean your season is a failure or else mm-hmm. nine teams fail every year and only one stands on top. It's like, yeah, we had a success. That's just ultimate success, but they could be championship contenders. Like this team could be in the Western conference finals this team could be in the finals this team could win a championship and they still have, you know, they still have their future with Kaminga, Moody, Poole, mm-hmm. Damian Lee, James Wiseman. Obviously we know once money start getting involved, not everybody stays around, but, I mean, if, if anybody's looking at how to build and stay competitive and just look at the Warriors' bl- blueprint. And, and Steve, Steve uh, Coach Kerr and those guys, I'm pretty sure they they learned, they follow that that blueprint from the Spurs. We look at the Spurs in the early two, uh, you know, 2010s and how they were right there competing. Um, and then it carried on into, like, the 2013 season when uh, the Heat – came back and then of course the Ray Allen shot. So they won the championship that year. But uh, right after that, they came back and, and the Spurs won the championship in 2014. But, uh, you know, Ginobili, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, they were past their prime years. They, they were at the twilight stages of their careers. They were older, but then they also, some years before then, they drafted this guy named Kawhi Leonard. And we yep. see how his story, you know, how, how what kind of player he became. So the Warriors trying to, you know, do the similar type of deal. You got your, your, your Steph Curry, your Draymond Green, your Clay Thompsons, but you also got your uh, Moses Moody's, your, your Kamingas, your Jordan Poole's. You're going to see what those guys become. And as, you know, Draymond and everybody else gets older, we'll see if one of those guys can step up and be that piece to continue to keep this uh, franchise in its winning ways. Yeah, most definitely. And, and I mean, we talk about, the draft. And we talk about the guy who we thought that was a high possibility once Clay went down, they were going to end up drafting, and that's LaMelo Ball. Um, and I think, I think, I think LaMelo Ball is taking it to a whole nother level. I know it's early, but we saw how good he was last year mm-hmm. as a rookie. Uh, mm-hmm. we saw at the end of the season, you know, he was coming into his own. We knew how, you know, he's, he's got it all. He's what, six foot seven, six foot eight, can pass, can shoot the ball a lot better than a lot of people thought. 
um, can rebound. Like, you know, he's just, he's the perfect guy that you want for your team. And like, I still think to this day, like they would have been better off taking LaMelo instead of James Wiseman, just because man, imagine LaMelo ball and Steph Curry together right now. And we're, we're anticipating. Oh, I'm just saying, like, uh, imagine anticipating Clay coming back to play alongside the that's like that's that's crazy but can he become an all-star this year like yes. because we know how guard heavy the, we know how guard heavy uh the Easter conference is just the league is as a whole can, him, none of that. can he make the you, do you like him to make the all-star game this year he definitely can make the all-star game this year I mean we saw how great he was last year and um mm-hmm. My boy had an offseason this time. Like, he literally did not have an offseason. He just came straight raw onto the NBA court and started going yeah. crazy. So uh, he's had an offseason to improve. And um, I'm sure the game is moving at a different pace, a different speed for him now is slowing down after a year of being a point guard and, and playing in the NBA. So, uh, yeah, he definitely can make the leap to being an all-star. Coming out, he was my top-rated player in his draft class. I, I love his skill set. I saw everything that he could be. And so I think he's going to become that. Like, you know, he had, you already mentioned the gifts he has. He has the size. He has the vision. He has the flair. He's already proven to be a better jump shooter than what a lot of people expected him to be this early in his career. He he went crazy the other night. I can't, believe, I can't remember the, the numbers. I want to say it was like six for eight from three. Like, he was – letting it rain like he was you know cashing out so yeah uh lamello can definitely become an all-star and i mean let's just be honest too like you know there's enough there's a all-star spot available since kyrie irving is choosing not to play basketball right now so that can also play into his favor and he can maybe step in and become an all-star off of that too with him uh with kyrie not playing ball right now so yeah Lamelo definitely has the juice he has what it takes to be an all-star and i would not be surprised one bit if he's an all-star this season yeah, and that's something to point out is like there's there's the easier path with Kyrie Irving not being available right now. As of now, we don't know when he'll come back at the guard position, but I just think LaMelo will make it just off the strength of really earning an all-star spot. Like I think he'll just rightfully be an all-star and he, he's going to be that guy. He's going to get the fan votes for years to come. Like he might not become a starter, but because he's still too young, we still guys like our age are still our favorite players are still in the league playing, going, going strong too. So, but Lamel, he just has that swagger about himself. He just, he knows he's that dude. Like you can't Fast. look at him. He can't, but you, see, you can see on the clothes of the, the drip that he's rocking. You know what I'm saying? Not in a bad way though. Like it's not negative. Like he doesn't throw it in your face that he's that dude, but it's just how he carries himself. But he's not, he's humble at the same time. So he's not that guy that just, He's such a star. He's always in your face. He reminds you who he is, and then you you get t- you grow tired of him. He's that guy. Like he's probably going to be a star. He's going to be a star for a long time to come, and he's going to probably be a lovable type of guy. Like, don't be surprised if in four to five years we're talking about Lamelo may be the face of the league. Like, and, and when people forget all the trash his dad was talking, even though he's pretty much backed it up, two kids starting point guards in the NBA, another one. Playing in the G League, like uh, yeah, this guy drafting the G League draft, right? Pretty successful, uh, you know, for for a dad talking a lot of noise. Pretty successful for his sons to be, especially Lonzo and Lamelo, to be starting point guards on playoff teams, like, like right. The, the, I mean, we, we can keep real. Levar, Levar really should be out here talking even more junk because the family unbacked it up, <laughs> and and it's crazy that he after it happened, he, he quieted down a little bit, but. You said a key thing, and so this is going to move us off the topic a little bit, but you said a key thing, and you said offseason. That's the key word that you said there, and somebody else looks really good after having an offseason, and he said like that was something he wished he had after his rookie year going into year two, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero said he should, you know, and I don't blame him. Everybody killed him for saying that. When you talk about Trey Young and Luka, you should also be speaking to me in that same sense. What is he supposed to say? Like, right, I'm not upset right. with him because what is he supposed to say? Like, I'd almost have a problem if he didn't say nothing, that's fine. But I'd almost have a problem if he's like, you know, you ask him, hey, you see Trey Young, you see Luca, where you see yourself, you'd be like, yeah, I'm about three notches below. Because then that means you know you didn't put in the work to be up there with him. You know you're not as good. And some people do know, but to tell the world that, like, yeah, I'm three, three notches below. What separates them? Tyler Hero has talent. Separate hard work feel for the game, like things that he could control is, is the true separation. 
But these first two games in Miami, Tyler Hero has looked amazing. He's he's looked like he's getting busy. I, I won't say the best the best player, but I'll say he looks like the most lethal scorer on that Miami Heat roster right now. Tyler Hero's been getting busy, and uh, this is this is really good for him. You you really love to see it because we saw what he did in the bubble. He was instrumental in that Miami Heat team getting past the Celtics and, and making it to the NBA Finals with his ability to score. Last season, we were expecting that the leap that he looks to be making this season, we were expecting that last year it didn't happen. But it's happening now. And so, uh, you know, he's he's definitely proving himself to, to you know, kind of possibly be right and include himself with the likes of those guys. You know, if he continues this, this scoring outburst that he has and then is, you know, the leading scorer for the Heat, um, this is this is big time for him. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's been key for him to probably have this offseason because uh coming off that finals run, the Heat and Lakers had the shortest turnaround than anybody. They had to yeah. get back at it. You yep. know, and you can't even work on your game at that point. You're just trying to get rest. Like you're not yeah. even, there's no improvement. You're just trying to rest up, heal your body up, and get ready for another uh what was it, seventy two last year instead of eighty two. So yeah, um this has been key for him to get the offseason, get the mental right, and get the body right. He's put on more weight. You know, he's he's bulked up like he's on that Mike Bibby program. I don't know what's going on. Tyler Hero's kind of jacked up right now. And uh, he's out here getting, uh, getting buckets. So, yeah, it's, it's been key for him. Yeah, and it's not that I'm putting him in the same light as Trey Young, but people, the, the internet blew up when he said he should be in that conversation. And but like he's like you said, like you said, are you supposed to think of yourself like that? If you don't have the vision, who who's gonna have it? Yeah, like like this just whatever you do, like you're supposed to feel like you're the best, or or because because that's what you work to be. Like we all work to be the best. Like we all work to be great. So it's like, why would I think that everything I've done is not worthy of me being put in a great conversation? Like, and, and so speaking of conversations, we're gonna talk about probably the most disrespected player in the NBA in a sense. Cause I still don't know if he's getting the love he deserves. Listen, he, he's, I, I'm not a fan of, of Giannis. I'm not a Giannis lover, but mm-hmm. I was very critical of him last year going into the playoffs. Um, I said he wasn't a superstar. Here's why I said there were only five superstars in the league because my definition of a superstar is, can you be the best player on a championship team up to that point prior to him getting it done? Only five guys in the league had did it. Steph, KD, Kawhi, LeBron, and am I tripping? That's it. It was four. Okay. Steph, KD, Kawhi, LeBron. Yeah, that, that's it. That's Those were my superstars because you, you got to win it. Like, it's all about winning a championship. Like, that's what we play for. And to be a superstar, like the, the guy, I don't care about the social media. I don't care about the, the stardom aspect. I'm talking mm-hmm. about star on the court. Can you be my best player? And win a championship. And so far, now Giannis has done that. So Giannis, yeah, and he belongs in that conversation. Let alone, is Giannis the best player in the league right now? Woo! I go back and forth with this all the time between him and Katie. Um, man, he's definitely top two for me. Mm-hmm. He's definitely top two. Um. Myself, I still, I still give KD the nod. I still give KD the nod. Um, but Giannis is right there. It's like a one A, one B situation. Like it's, you know, you can't go wrong if you sit up here and give me a case that Giannis is the best. I can rock with you. If you give me a case that KD is the best, I, I can rock with that too. So um, he he definitely deserves to be considered a top player. And if you know. If he's widely regarded as a top player, I'm not complaining off that either. He's he's done the work to say, like, okay, I'm the best player. You know what I'm saying? He, he did what he had to do. He led a team to a championship. He stepped up his game to another level. We've seen Giannis dominate, get the 30 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. He took that even to another step in the finals, getting those 45-point games, those 15-rebound games, those – those freak highlights and critical moments, the block, the slam, all that. So, yes, uh, he's done the work to be considered a top player because even he, 
like he, he was great a few years ago when they lost to uh to Toronto. You know, he kind of got exposed then, um, you know, with some of the failures in his game, the the lack of ability of a jump shot and everything. But still, he he still now doesn't even have the best jumper, but he's just become even better at the things he's great at. We yeah. know he's a he can he can he can slash, he can post up and and dominate down low. He's just gotten even better at those things that he was already great at. So uh I don't care if he can ever shoot a three-point shot. I really don't give a damn because he's so good at everything else. So um, I will say he's 1B for me. KD is my number one, um, but he's right there. He's just yeah. right there tip for tat with each other. So we're in the same boat, except my 1A and 1B is reversed. I got Giannis number one. Uh, I got KD number two. Like, But 1A, 1B. You know, my 1A is, is Giannis. My 1B is KD. And a lot of people, well, it's crazy that you think Giannis is the best player. When what I was, I hated on Giannis by saying he hasn't reached superstar status to me yet. Everybody giving me all these accolades. I'm like, well, what a chip. That That's that's what makes superstars, right or wrong. Like, you can have mm-hmm. all the accolades. Where the chip? Like, where's the championship? If Giannis is everything y'all are telling me he is, he can lead his team to a championship. And prior to last year, I did not believe he could do that. And guess what? We have takes. We have we have analysis. And analysis gets proved right or wrong. Like I'm not, and I never said Giannis won't ever win a championship. But right, right at that moment in time, I didn't think he could lead us, be the best player on the championship team. That's just if we could give all the excuses. I understand injuries, whatever. Hey, Giannis did what needed to be done. So he now everything I said that I didn't believe he could do, he has done. I got to give him the respect. And and we. I, I do hate that we focus and not, you know, guys like you and me, but but people focus on whether Giannis can shoot or not. Like I've had people tell me that Kevin Durant being able to shoot is the difference in why you would take Giannis over. K- I mean, KD over Giannis. But think about it. Like if you stop looking at Giannis, like you look at Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James and Kevin Durant, like you said, you don't even give a damn about shooting a three at that point because Giannis is more of a power forward. He's more of a four who can slash from the outside occasionally hit a three and we literally mean occasionally not afraid mm-hmm. to pull necessarily has a decent little mid range. He's worked on his fadeaway shot from the mid range. So he's starting to master some of stretching his game out, but he's so physically dominant and he's more of a power forward, but because the league is so jump shot- on the power. Cause that dude is, is yeah. crazy. But Just because the league is so jump shot heavy, we, that's what everybody focuses on and thinks that every player has to be able to shoot. But like, do you really care that like Rudy Gobert? And I'm not saying, but what I'm saying, Rudy Gobert can't shoot, right? But like, mm-hmm. he, he he's he's dominant on the boards. He's dominant on defense as a rim protector. So he found his niche. He found his role and became dominant at it. Giannis found his niche. Found his role. he can facilitate. He I think he's a little bit overrated passer. Be- because I don't think he's a great passer. People will put him in that because he has like six assists a game, but I don't think he's a great passer. I think it's just he, no, he just makes the right read. He's, he's not. Just, he's not just a, a supremely gifted like Jokic, like you know, can like see the crazy like, passes before it happens. He just makes the right read. Exactly, and so like he kind of he takes what the defense gives him. So when he goes, he gets cut off. He knows like Middleton's on the out. It doesn't necessarily make a great passer. And I'm not saying you got to do flashy passes, but like when Jokic gets the ball, like, like he sees it, like you said, he sees it like a point guard. He see it before it happened. Giannis don't. Giannis sees it as the defense gives it to him, which is okay because he's not a point guard, but he dominates in the paint. I mean, we're talking about a guy who could average 30 and 14 rebounds. Like we're talking about one of the most dominant players that we've seen and that's without being able to stretch the floor. And then all these other guys, like, and I know he doesn't back to the basket like him, but, like, we never cared that Shaq could shoot. We didn't care who we'll get into in a minute, but we didn't care that Dwight Howard could shoot because we looked at them as centers. So if we look at, we didn't care that Tim Duncan can't shoot threes. Like, he had, he had a mean mid-range. He was Mr. Fundamental. But because we looked at him as a power forward, we didn't care whether he stressed the floor and was pulling threes. But when mm-hmm. fours started being able to do that, now all of a sudden, like, you've got to be able to shoot. But like the last two teams that have won championships were at the bot mid to bottom of the league in three point shooting. The last four teams to go to the finals, the Lakers, the Heat, the Suns, and the Bucks were not three point shooting teams. They did not win their games. They were not in the top 10 in three point shooting. So clearly that's not the formula 
to win a championship. But everybody saw what Golden State did and thought that was the formula. No, that was the formula for Golden That's State. What, for them. For yeah, them. right, right. Because that didn't set the precedent for this is how the league should be. And you started to see it. You're starting to see it now because we're going back to guys are shooting mid-range jump shots. Look at Devin Booker. Devin Booker is killing in the mid-range and getting to the bucket, occasionally hitting threes. Devin Booker is not the greatest three-point shooter, but because he's such a pure shooter everywhere else, he comes off as like, yeah, he's a three-point guy. He's a he's a sniper. He's really not. His his percentages doesn't say it. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes. Like if, if you know, you know, you watch Devin Booker, he doesn't shoot a lot of threes. Like he he's a, he's not a high percentage guy. He shoots a lot of mid ranges, gets hot, can hit some threes. Like, but he's still a good shooter. He's a great shooter, but a good three point shooter. Not great though. So it's just if you, if you if people stop looking at Giannis where he needs to shoot a jump shot. Now I said that's the problem with how people look at Ben Simmons also. Mm-hmm. Oh, and before you make that point too, I want to say you also see how. Even the Warriors have understood, they realize how important it is to have a, a big who can defend and can rebound and, and be able to, to go up against the likes of a Giannis or a, a DeAndre Aiden or a Jokic. The Suns drafted Aiden. He was key and critical. You know, the, the big man is returning in the NBA. He was key this uh, past season for the Suns. You know, we talk about Giannis. We see Jokic, AD, you know, his impact on the Lakers. You know, yeah. teams are starting to realize, you know, maybe we do need to draft that big man. That's sort of the philosophy that's coming up now. And, you know, bigs are being prioritized to go along with your point, your point about um, not necessarily it's all, it's all about the threes, but getting those guys who can rebound and defend. But, yeah, what were you about to say uh, about Ben Simmons? People do that with Ben Simmons, too. Like they focus on what he doesn't do. He can't shoot, but like he can pass. He's he's a he's a fairly good ball handler. And he can I mean. do everything but shoot. Exactly. That's what he's made all NBA been an all star because he can do everything but shoot. And, and, but everybody's like, well, he's never gonna be. And, and you know, maybe he will regret not. He won't be able to take his game. He won't reach his highest level if he never develops some type of jump shot. I, I fully believe that only because like Simmons isn't Giannis. Like he's not physically dominant like that. Like he'll dominate the point guards, but. Simmons is really a point guard. Like he's a big point guard. He's like magic. Like he's not going to physically dominate in the paint back to the basket figured out. He's just a big guy who was, he's six, nine in a, who should be in a six foot three body. Like that's his mm-hmm. play style. Um, but that, that's, that's what I think is the problem with, with Ben Simmons and, and why people look at him and his values down because he's a, he's a defensive player of the year candidate year in and year out. He's a all NBA defender. Um, he could pass well. Like he's a guy who could give you sixteen and ten. Like he yeah. ultimately, he possibly he could give you sixteen eight and double. eight. Yeah, yeah, he gives you sixteen eight and eight. That's his averages, and yet people are still talking crazy about him because, oh, okay, he won't reach his potential to be an all-time great because he can't shoot. But yet he's still a top player in the league right now. Like let's. Let's start judging these guys for what they are and appreciate them for what they are instead of always thinking about the ceiling and they're not doing this, that, and the third. Because there's been plenty of guys that people love who have come up in the NBA who did not reach their potential, but yeah. it didn't stop them from loving them. So Yeah, and that's a key thing. So now you, you moved into it. We got a little bit of time, so we're going to do it. You said appreciate. You said be appreciative. And there's a couple of people who did get disrespected on this, not being on this NBA 75 list and people who might've got over appreciated by making this NBA 75 list, because there's some guys who I don't think deserved it yet. I think 25 years from now, when the hundred comes out, not to say that they're not top 75. I just think it's a little too premature to put them in there mm-hmm. based on the accolades. They, you know, this is the 75 greatest players of all time. Like that's this, what this list was. And let, to me, here's, to me, this is, you know, public enemy number one. This is the guy who got disrespected the most. He's been the name that's been thrown out on all talk shows. The the first thing that everybody, he's the first name everybody mentioned when they got on Twitter and saw the official list. That's Dwight Howard. Fair. How did Dwight Howard not make the NBA 75 list? Let's go through his accolades real quick. Eight-time All-Star, eight, uh, five-time rebound champ, two-time block champ, won a championship as a role player in 2020, eight-time all NBA, five time all defensive, uh, made the all rookie team three times defensive player of the year. His averages for his career right now are 16 points and 12 rebounds. Think about it though. It's because he's played such a minimal role the past few years trying mm-hmm. to get his name back in the league. 
But and then everybody focuses on how he didn't get along, you know, with Kobe and his time in LA didn't pan out. And even how his time in Houston. About that. But let's look at let's look at his numbers. He still averaged 20 and 10 in LA. He still was 18 <laughs> and 12 in Houston. Even in Charlotte, he averaged 14 and 12. Like we're talking about it, 14 points, 12 rebounds in an era when he played in Charlotte at a time where big men were done. Like the 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 big men as we know it, the Dwight Howards as we know, were non-effective, and he still was averaging 14 points and 12 rebounds. What do you not being on the list? It's blasphemy. It's it's egregious. It's terrible. I mean, this this is this uh is is just flat out wrong. Like he was the best big man in the NBA for a five year span. Like he at was the best. Five. At least five. At least a five year span. Like he was the guy. And I believe Anthony Davis made the list, correct? Yeah. Anthony Davis is not taking that that two thousand nine Orlando Magic team to the NBA finals. No, I don't think Only so. Dwight Howard is doing that. Mm-hmm. That Dwight Howard did that. He was the best player on the team. That team was very, it was well constructed, but it wasn't the most you know filled with elite talent. You know, you you had guys like Mikael Petrus, or, uh, Michael Petrus, um, Rashard Lewis, Amir Nelson. Nelson. I mean, Hito Hito Turkoglu. Yeah, solid team, but you don't look at that roster and be like, "Damn, these guys going to the finals." Now, Dwight Howard made that happen. Yep, that was Dwight. So, and we've seen Anthony Davis be the best guy with the Pelicans, and we see how far he's going as the best guy on the Pelicans. He will, he was, he would not be able to uh, to have done what Dwight Howard did. So, uh, the fact that AD, who's a great talent, is uh, on the list over Dwight Howard is just flat out wrong, and that's probably why they got into it over there on the bench. On a Friday night. And everybody says that. And I'm like, man, it really makes you wonder. Like, that's a possibility. Like, oh, the timing is just so perfect. But even like a Dame Lillard. Like, and and here here is my, I love Dame. And and I'm not saying Dame shouldn't necessarily be on the list. But if it's Dame or Dwight, I'm taking Dwight. Like, that's what I'm saying when I bring up a Dame Lillard. But here's my problem. We talk about the greatest all time, right? We got to respect all eras. From the beginning, like from the 75 years, we got to respect the eras. And I can make an argument that until the past year or two, Damian Lillard has been on the outside looking in as being a top 10 player in his era. Like in the past seven to eight years, Dame hasn't been a top 10 player. Like he's been out. He's Now he's probably more renowned. He's in the top 10. Barely. Mm-hmm. I don't think you really have a much higher than seven. Seven is the highest I've seen him on the list. I ain't seen him top five. I ain't seen him top six. I've seen him at seven was the highest. So he's inside that top 10 now. But how, like, how, how can I, like you said, Dwight Howard was the best big man in, in a five-year span. Dwight Howard, at one point, there was a conversation. Who is better, Dwight, LeBron, Kobe, or Dwayne Wade? Like, that was the, those he were the. Best he was players. in the MVP voting for all those seasons, everything, competing and with those, those guys. Those were the four best players in the league at the time. It was, it was Wade, obviously, in Miami, LeBron, Kobe, and Dwight. And like you said, like Dwight took that team to the NBA Finals. He beat a LeBron James-led Cavaliers to get there. The, the task yeah, for him to win a championship. was crazy that year. Best and record the, in the East. Yeah, like they were dominant. And the task for him to win a championship was beat a LeBron James-led team Cavs and then beat a Kobe Bryant-led Lakers that are better than you. Like the, and the that Kobe series was much closer than what the final result says because Courtney Lee missed that layup. They ended up losing that game. Yeah. That, that series could have went uh, – it could have been different. But, yeah, man, like Dwight was that guy. Dwight was that guy. I think he gets judged too similarly to how Ben Simmons does where people still hold it against him that they're like Dwight didn't have the post moves. Dwight didn't have this or that. He didn't reach his potential. Yeah, but what he did reach was still one of the most dominant, the most dominant big man of his era, and still had all those All NBAs, all these All Star appearances, all these uh, top three in MVP voting, all the the, the block records, the, the 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 leading rebounder in the NBA, all these different accolades. Even though he didn't have the the post moves you wanted him to have, so we again judge players for who they are and what they're resume shows him to be instead of being upset that Dwight Howard possibly didn't reach what you expected him to be. 
Right. And and I blame I blame Shaq. You know what I'm saying? I blame Shaq because like <laughs> he, he hated on Dwight. To be honest, like he, he hated on Dwight. And it was just it was one of those like because he was we you know, people were calling him Superman. No, he's not Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm that so and it's not, you know, a knock on Shaq. I mean, you know, he's, he's arguably the most dominant player of all time that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So but it's just it's like and and that's the name that stands out is is Dwight Howard. Like we could go through a lot of names. I mean, people, you know, have you know, people my have guy, brought up Kyrie, people have brought up Tracy McGrady. I don't think Kyrie has done enough. We're not talking about an NBA all great. We're talking about greatest of all time. And that goes to my argument. We did a show right after this list came out. And I said, there's a difference between who's better and who's greater. Greatness is when accolades, longevity, availability, right. all the all-star games, all NBAs, all that starts to matter. Where better, Kyrie better than a lot of people on that list. Yeah. yeah Kyrie, Kyrie has the, the talent. You know, there's a difference between your resume and the talent. T-Man, yeah. Kyrie, those are all-time talents. Grant Hill. like, And, and think about it. Here's, here's something I say. Here's where I always use this argument. And people, that because he's so renowned as the GOAT, people don't want to hear it. But Tom Brady is not the best quarterback I've ever watched. He is not the best thrower to football. He might be the most I've accomplished. He's the greatest, though. Because I'm, I can't say yet yeah, to me, Peyton Manning was a better thrower of the football. He was a better quarterback. But Tom Brady got how can I say Manning ten what ten Super Bowl appearances, which means he's got ten conference championships, seven Super Bowls. Like how many times did he lose in the championship? Like so, we bring all that up. We talk about MVPs and, and everything. Super Bowl MVP. You bring all that up, and it's like. Mm-hmm. That's what makes greatness. There's plenty of people that are better than somebody, but don't have a greater career. Argument. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think Allen Iverson was better than Dwayne Wade. But if you ask a lot of people whose career would you have rather had, AI or D Wade, most people say D Wade had the greater career. He ran away with three mm-hmm. champions. He finished with three mm-hmm. championships. He won one as being that guy on the team. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd rather go and maybe you think, maybe some people think AI is better than D Wade, but like D Wade had a greater career. So it becomes mm-hmm. that kind of argument. It's the KG Tim Duncan argument. You know, some people might say KG was better, but Tim Duncan had the, the better career, the more accolades, the more accomplished career. Yeah, and and so that's why I say like it, it's it's there's a difference between being more talented, being greater, and, and being better. And yeah, Kyrie, the argument is because of how talented he is, and he's better than he, people on this list. But it's like, man, check the accolades, check the availability. He's hurt. This and that, but like you know, Kyrie did hit one of the one of the most key shots in the NBA Finals. That's remembered. So you know, he does have a moment for you to defend mm-hmm. it. Like you remember that moment. Um, but hey, it's been it's been a wonderful time chopping it back up with you, bro. So before we go, uh, plug plug in plug in your shows. Any any content you got coming out and things that you're working on. Oh yeah, so of course, uh, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Bolton underscore twelve. And uh, me, me and my guy Walker Bailey, we got a show in the works coming up soon. So, so stay tuned for that. College basketball season is approaching, so we're gonna be highlighting all the college basketball teams, just giving you the rundown, putting you on game, who you need to check out, whether it's the big guys, or the little guys in between. Man, we we got you covered. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, def- y'all definitely make sure you stay tuned for that. And as for me, obviously, you fo- follow me at Up and Flames Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Mo underscore Cheese fifteen on Instagram. Uh, but I appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all tune in next Monday again at 11 a.m. Eastern here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. And on that note, up and